Let's go Four Oaks. It's Friday morning, May 12th. Mother's Day quickly approaches. Men, you know what to do. If you don't know what to do, call Pastor Scott. I'm sure he'll tell you what to do. But you get what I'm saying. Hey, we're here the last day of the week, and we are at the end of this little section about righteousness. And actually, the whole Sermon on the Mount, right, is about righteousness. And, and by righteousness, we're not kind of we're not talking about the kind of righteousness, the alien righteousness of Christ that's imputed to your account that saves you. We're talking about the wholehearted behavior, the integration of the inward outward that Jesus says is the mark of the true disciple, the, the mark of the one who is walking in the path of the kingdom with Jesus as their king. And here in Matthew chapter 6, um, we have been looking at three disciplines, three spiritual disciplines. And these disciplines, of course, are prayer, fasting, and giving. And what we have attempted to kind of wrap our minds around um, these, uh, regarding these three disciplines is that they are both a marker of righteousness and a means of righteousness. And let me explain what we, what we mean here. When we talk about prayer, fasting, giving as being markers of righteousness, Jesus has um, taken great pains to show us in this passage that it's not the mere external practice of these things that signifies righteousness, right? It is the it is the it is it is those things done with the right attitude with the right heart. So if you go back for a second, I want to point out a, a couple of, of things as we wrap this section up. Jesus says over and over and over again here that um, when you give to the needy, for example, he says, "Don't do it in order to be seen." When you pray, don't do it in order to be seen. When you fast, don't do it in order to be seen. And again, the idea is not that publicly practicing these disciplines is wrong. It's just simply Jesus is saying, what is at the heart of your motivation? Is it to please God or is it to please others? Is it to, or, or is it to please God or is it to please men? And that the mark of the, the citizen of the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ, is that they do these things fundamentally from a heart that wants to honor God, that wants to glorify God. That, in other words, it, it's very possible to do all the right things for all the wrong reasons and look to the external things to validate ourselves when in reality our hearts might be far from God. This is why we're going to get um, onto Matthew chapter 7 later in the sermon when Jesus says, um, there will be many people on that day who will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not do this in your name? Did I not do that? And you can imagine him saying, did I not pray? Did I not fast? Did I not um, give? And what will Jesus say to them? He said, well, depart from me. I never knew you. And this was, of course, the fundamental problem of the Pharisees. They were practicing a form of righteousness that was merely external that would get them acceptance with the people of God, affirmation, approval. And when in reality, they didn't want to honor God, they didn't want to glorify God, they were, they were in it for themselves. 
And so this is why Jesus takes great pains to say, when you do these things, don't do them for this reason, do, do them for that reason. And, and this is always accompanied, and this is where I want us to focus today, there's always this accompanying promise of reward, okay? So, so look back at um, chapter 6, verse 1 for a second. Remember, this is the headliner verse. It's the theme verse of this section. Jesus says, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. All right, so, so that's the statement. And when we talk about no reward from the Father is, who is in heaven, what we're saying, what, what Jesus is saying there is it's not that if you do the right things for the wrong reasons, you'll go to heaven, but there just won't be any reward for you. That, that's not what he, what he means. If you, if you go back a second to, to Matthew chapter 5, um, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Verse 19 of chapter 5, Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. So, so the idea there is that there's not going to be a ranking system in heaven. There's not going to be a caste system. There's not going to be those who are greatest in the kingdom and those who are least. This is a metaphorical way of Jesus saying those who do not have a wholehearted righteousness won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Those who, those who have not had hearts transformed by the grace of God that will in turn yield a wholehearted um, life of righteousness won't enter the kingdom. And so going back to chapter 6, when Jesus said there will be no reward, he's playing off of that same theme. And li listen to how oftentimes he says this, verse 4, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, what? Will reward you. Go down to prayer, um, verse 6. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will, what? Reward you. And finally, um, let's go back to verse 17 in chapter 6. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret, secret will reward you. Now, a lot of you, um, I think, and some of you actually expressed this to me, um, this desire to understand more, what is this reward exactly? And, and I want to say a couple of things about this, um, because I raised the issue at the beginning of the week, and now I'm circling back around to it. I think in this particular context, um, the idea, again, is not to, to lay out a ranking system or a caste system to say that there'll be Christians in heaven and then subpar Christians. I, I don't think that's what's... Again, there's this idea when Jesus, he contrasts the reward of men and the reward of God. And he's saying, ultimately, ultimately, the disciple of Christ can... I mean, the the... Ultimately, a person can have one or the other, but they can't have both. And in terms of a fundamental life orientation, it doesn't mean that as a Christian, you, we never do things for the approval of men. Of course we do. The, the, the issue is, what is our fundamental orientation? At the end of the day, is our deepest heartfelt desire to honor God, to glorify God, to do things 
that please him or is at the very bottom of our motivation a desire to please ourselves, a desire to please others, a desire to make self sort of the center of one's life, to put self on the throne of our hearts versus, versus Jesus. And he takes great pains to say, if you want that, if you want reward in this life, you can absolutely have it. You can live for yourself. You can live um, selfishly. You can have other people affirm you. You can use, manipulate, abuse other people. But that's not the mark of one who is part of the kingdom, right? Um, that does not distinguish a citizen of the kingdom. Ultimately, you cannot serve two masters. Okay, Jesus is going to tell us that in just a little while in, in the Sermon on the Mount. You will love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. So, so, so that's what I think Jesus is getting at in terms of reward. Now, having said all of that, let's not act like reward or heavenly reward as an incentive um, for pursuing God is a bad thing. In fact, it's a very good thing. In fact, I, I would go as far as to say that, that the whole idea of heavenly reward, and, and I don't want to even talk this morning about what those rewards might be, okay? Some have speculated that they're it has to do with enjoyment of heaven. Others have, have speculated it has to do with this. Some of you have asked about what does it mean that we'll be given crowns or those literal crowns, metaphorical crowns. That's, that's going to take us way too far abreast this morning to try to tackle that. But what I want to simply say is that it's very clear, for example, even in the parables of Jesus, that seeking to please God and to be rewarded in, by him in heaven um, is a very proper motivation to, for obedience, for holiness. So what, 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 what does Jesus say um, in one of his parables? He says, the master says to him, enter into the joy of my presence. Um, there, the, there is this sense, for example, of um, when, when elders are exhorted by Peter to, to keep watch over the flock, um, as those who will have to give an account. There's, there's going to be clearly some sense of heavenly reward. Um, is that reward the simple affirmation from God, well done, good and faithful servant? I can tell you, um, if, if that's what it means by reward, those will be words that ring in our hearts for eternity, to have the God of the universe say, well done, good and faithful servant. Um, to have the, the, the God of the universe say, enter today into my joy, my eternal joy. So in that way, we see that Christ himself is a reward. We see that heaven is a reward. God is a reward. His affirmation of us is a reward. The whole eternal spectrum is a reward. Now, again, does that come with some sort of physical accompaniment, like the crowns, for example? in Revelation, it says we cast our crowns. I tend to think, for example, that that's more metaphorical in sense, right? That, that a crown is a symbol of authority. A crown is a symbol of honor. And as we enter heaven, we are given a special honor, right? We're given a special glory. We're given a special encouragement and blessing. This idea of casting our crowns means that we are laying all those accolades and glory at the feet of Jesus, right? But again, that's another topic, and I, and I digress.
But I, again, I would simply say that as we read these verses and as we think about these disciplines in our own life, it's not, um, it's not wrong to think about the fact that, you know, even though no one else is going to see me do this right now, no one else is going to see me write this check, no one else is going to see me pray this prayer or um, meet this need or complete this fast, but God sees it. And I know this pleases him. And I know that in whatever way um, he has determined, he is going to honor that. He is going to bless that. He is going to reward me for that. And that is the fundamental heart and disposition of the disciple of Christ. Do we want to please God? Do we want to please men? And that has to be what lies at the heart of our spiritual disciplines. Now, let me say two things as we shut this down for the week. One, I, this whole idea of reward, um, I think can raise even more questions, okay, right? Because clearly we see this idea of we all been given a stewardship, some little, some much. We're not responsible to do everything. We're just responsible for um, what God's entrusted to us, the talents, um, all, you know, that th those are all, and those all tie to rewards, of course, right? We're going to get to that, I think, in a little more in depth here in a few weeks when we get to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, when Jesus talks about laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven versus treasures on earth. And I think we'll be able to say a little bit more about that. So that's, that's number one. Number two, we are going to conclude our devotionals for the summer here in a few weeks. We're probably going to run through um, the, the month of May, maybe a little bit into June, until we finish um, this particular section of the Sermon on the Mount and then take a break for the summer. So, but, but next week, um, and this is just kind of unfortunate timing, uh, I'm actually gonna be gone, I'm gonna be gone at a, to, a, to a pastor's conference. And so we won't have devotionals next week, but we will have devotionals when we come back for the next two weeks um, before taking a break for summer and then kicking off again sometime in August. All right, so I know that was a mouthful. Um, thanks for journeying with us this week. I started this discussion by saying um, the, the, the spiritual disciplines are both a measure and a means. They're, they're a measure, they're a mark of our spirituality, our righteousness, but are they also not a means? They are the means by which God changes us and transforms us. Those places, the hearts we have in the secret places before God um, are the very things that God uses to, to change our hearts and to make us more like him. And I'll be praying um, that for you, you pray that for me. Lord Jesus, we do wanna please you, we do wanna honor you, we do want our eternal reward, um, whatever that is, happens to look like or be we know whatever it is it'll be glorious and so father help us to not grow weary in doing good lord i pray for each and every person listening to this podcast or watching this video that they would as well um, be shaped marked measured um, by by these spiritual attributes in their life and by doing that um, come to know you better and to be changed from the inside out. Lord, we ask these things in your son's name. 
Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, everybody. Won't be here next week, but the following week, and I think that's, if I'm doing the math quickly in my head, that's going to be the week of May 22nd. We will be back at it here. See you then.